Hello, hello, hello. It is the last day of 2023, and I can honestly say I've never been more eager for a year to end, but at the same time, I think that 2023 was probably my greatest teacher. It was the most miserable year. It was the most drama-filled year I've had since I don't even know when, like when I was in high school dating my high school ex. I don't know. But it was also a very lonely year. But in that same regard, it was the year where I kind of fell in love with being alone again and did a lot of things alone that I didn't think would be positive or fun things without having a partner. And that just wasn't the case. So this is my year in review. (laughs) This is my year in review. I have to say it would not be black girl tragic if there was not a tragic story to kind of go along with it. And tragedy is kind of subjective, right? Like what I might deem as tragic, you might not seem as, might not deem as tragic. I'm kind of like all over the place. I'm I'm waiting for my Adderall to kick in. But I have had a few intense 48 hours and I'm kind of like in retreat mode so I don't really know how I'm going to spend my New Year's Eve quite frankly I think I might spend some time with my mom and eat eat some Chinese food that was like kind of the tradition when I was younger I still kind of don't have a voice either but before I get into story time I just want to highlight some of the really positive fucking things that I did in 2023. And I think first and foremost, it starts with, I got my master's degree, which I think I gloss over that pretty, pretty often. I I don't think that I acknowledge the fact that I got my master's in a industry that I've been passionate about since I was young. Although I'm not doing anything in said industry right now I have to remind myself that I'm only 26 and that I have a lot of I don't know a lot of things that are not set in stone that anything can happen that just because I'm not on a certain career path that I want to be on per se does not mean that it won't happen for me. So that has to be like a constant reminder in my mind. And for those of you who are listening, who are in a similar situation, we can achieve our dreams at any fucking age. But I do understand the realness and the anxiety of I'm not where I thought I was going to be at blank age and it's making me feel X, Y, and Z. 
for example, a lot of people around me, a lot of my friends, my close friends, my fucking family, they're in long-term committed relationships. Some are about to get married. Some are living together. Like, they are doing the partnership thing. And I think the hardest part about 2023 is that I kind of thought that I would be doing the same thing with a certain person and that didn't work out the way that I wanted it to. But in that same regard, I chose myself first and I chose my happiness first. And I chose rather than to settle, I chose the unknown, which if this was me like a year ago, honestly, maybe even fucking six to eight months ago, I would have been so cool with being bitter and complacent and wondering, what if there's something else better for me out there? Because the thought and the actuality of having security of a partner that knows you, that is your best friend, was your best friend, those things almost feel better than being alone. And Towards the end of 2022, when I had broken up with my ex, I kind of was like, oh, fuck, what did I do? Like, was that something I should have done? And for a long time, I was like, I fucked up. I made the wrong decision. I have to get this person back. And I realized that the person that I was in love with was not the person that I fell in love with and not the person that I'm supposed to be with. And that was a tough pill to swallow and brought me to the depths of darkness this year. Like, truly so dark. That all being said, it is okay to be single and everyone around you be in happy and committed relationships or start, you know, being serious in the sense of like getting engaged and getting married because that is just life we are all on different timelines and I think I'm saying this as a reminder to myself but also with other people that might be feeling the same way that I feel love is something that's not meant to be rushed it's not something that you should settle for and it's not something that we won't experience again and again and again in this lifetime. I used to, I think back when I was like 16 and I fell in love with my first boyfriend, my first love, I was, it was a different type of love, honestly. It felt like it was all-consuming. Every fiber of my being felt connected to this person. I was like, I thought this is what the definition of soulmates is. I was not happy if that person wasn't happy. I molded every single aspect of my personality and my appearance to appeal to the person that I thought was the soulmate of my life. I would have done, I mean, I did. I would have done everything and anything to be whatever that person wanted me to be. And the sex was crazy, the passion was crazy, but the good times were very few and far in between and the bad outweighed it 
almost every single time, but it was something that I stayed in on and off for six years because I thought this person was my soulmate. And then I was single for a little bit and then got into my relationship with my college ex. And that was a different type of love. It felt like it wasn't this passionate, burning type of romance. It was like we were friends, became even better friends through shared interests. And then that turned somewhat romantic at some point. And I also was trying to be cognizant of the fact that I hadn't been single for that long and I didn't want to jump into something without being really single in college, but I kind of nixed that and we dated for five years. So what I'm trying to say is that love comes in all different shapes and forms. And I think sometimes as a society, we think that love should be the certain thing and it doesn't have to be. It is whatever, I think the love that we seek and maybe the love that we deserve is something that should be in tandem with the person that you are in this very moment. And the person that I am in this very moment, I am wary of love and the forms that it can take shape in, which is why I am okay with being alone until I feel like it is safe for me to love someone in the way that I want to love them, but also have someone love me in the way that not only I deserve, but want them to love me. And I think that I'll get there at at some point. And I don't know with who or with what, but I am very happy that The love that I chose for myself, although at times very difficult, is self-love. And I hope that whoever is listening to this can also relate. Or if you're in a situation where your self-love is not as great as the love that you have for others or that others have for you. I hope that you can cultivate that for yourself in 2024 because Lord knows I'm going to keep planting seeds and trying to sow them. That's all I fucking know. And uh, yeah, I think that it's important that we don't compare our journeys to others and kind of let that keep us down in a rut. And I think this is probably a good segue into my story time. But I have to say, again, my two big positive takeaways that I can really appreciate and say that I'm happy I went through those things was getting my master's degree and choosing myself and putting myself first and not putting others or relationships first. And I landed a job where I'm actually happy at it. Been there for about seven months now. And I have made friendships with people that I'm just like, yeah, you're going to be in my wedding someday. And we're going to like go through different 
chapters of life with each other. And that's really fucking cool because I would say in the first time since being out of college, like undergrad, I have found my footing with people at work and I have found a job that although it isn't perfect and although I'm just waiting for my moment in the sun so I don't have to work at a fucking office anymore, it'll happen when it's supposed to happen. But for in the meantime, I'm happy with where I'm at. So I would say professional life, my relationship with myself and my securing another degree, being another degree hotter. Those are big, big 2023 takeaways. And I'm proud of myself for that. And that's fucking epic, you know? Woo! But before I get into story time, I need to have a sip of my coffee. I'm going to take a quick break and we'll get it we'll get into some black girl tragic story time <laughs> all right i'm back it is me i i have such like hesitancy to get into the nitty-gritty of this but i'm purging i'm purging it's all good it's all good and i know that for some of you, if you're on my close friend's story, then... <laughs> ah, yeah. They're, they're, yeah. Oh, man. Let me just get into it. Okay. So, I watch Vanderpump Rules. Surprise, surprise. It is fantastic. I love that show. And one of my favorite characters on that show, or castmates, cast members, I should say is James Kennedy. He's also a really talented DJ. And you know when you watch reality TV, like they'll show you the the person's background story and like what they do and all of that shit. And some people you can tell they're just doing their shit for the show. They're not actually talented at what they're doing. And others are, you know, masters of their craft. James is a phenomenal DJ. And back in May, I went to go see him at Royale and at that time I was still kind of, like, reeling with the fact that, you know, my ex is dating someone else under false pretenses because, you know, six months prior to that, we had talked about reconciling and, you know, he told me that the person that he was dating, that he broke up with her so him and I could be together, all of that shit. Flash forward to March they hard launched their relationship and I was just like, wow, I'm a fucking idiot. That made me spiral. I dragged him on Instagram for like maybe 10 minutes and then uh, that didn't, uh, <laughs> that did not go well, obviously, but I was very much in a fragile state and I felt really betrayed and lied to because the amount of receipts that I have that I kind of shared but didn't share all of them I was being manipulated into waiting around for someone who was never going to show up for me so that was frustrating but anyways, flash forward to May, we were still talking, trying to like, I don't know, make the most of living together while we were still living together. And I think in his mind, be friends, although like there was no way that we could be friends. 
and Vanderpump Rules is one of the shows that I introduced him to and we would watch it together and he ended up loving the show. So in my attempt, in my mind, I was like, we should go see James together. And he was like, I would love to. I, I don't know if I can make it work, but I'll, I'll try and, and finesse something. And I was like, I will go with or without you. It is fine. I don't need to go with you, but it was an experience that I wanted to share with him. So then I want to say, I don't know when the show, I think it was like mid-May, like May 16th or some shit like that. Went to the show with a girl that I met at a model casting and she invited her friend to come and we had a great time and it was nice. We went to like this little bar beforehand and then we went to Royale and they ended up leaving a little bit early, but I wanted to stay because it was it was fire. And I'm not like really into like house EDM music like that, but James was doing magical shit. Also, it was a few months after Scandaval broke and every DJ set that he was doing, he was kind of remixing Pink Panthers's um sorry, I just said that in a weird way. Pink Panthers's Boys a Liar with dubbing it over as Sandoval's a liar and he was doing it at different DJ sets and I was like oh my god he's gonna do it and he did do it and it was it was great it was iconic and it was in that moment that first moment that I was by myself that I was just like I can be alone and have a great time and then I look up and I I look at this person I'm like that looks like my ex and then I look to the I like pan to the right and that was his girlfriend right there. And my immediate thought was he knew that I was going to be there because I told him that. And I sent him all the info for it. And he brought his girlfriend. Didn't even give me a heads up, a warning, whatever. I was pissed. I also was drunk. And I, I just immediately saw red. So I charge over there because at this point I'm by myself. No, no one's with me. I charge over there. I'm like, hello? Like, are you fucking kidding me? Out of all the places to bring her to, you bring her to this. And you knew I was going to be here. Like, you knew I was going to be here. He looked at me with the fear of God in his eyes and was like, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. So then I whip my head to the right and I look at his girlfriend and was like, hi, nice to meet you. I'm Courtney, and she's looking at the both of us like, what the fuck? And she starts, like, mouthing off and says something to me while pulling Kevin away. And I, again, I think with the mix of alcohol and also me being in a slight rage, slight, being in a rage, I kind of blacked out. And maybe, like, a week prior, Kevin had... Oh, whatever. I've name dropped him before. Kevin had come home a week prior, had spent the night and we had made out, slept in the same bed, whatever. He's in a relationship. So whatever she said to me triggered me. And I was just like, how does my tongue taste? Why don't you ask him where he was last week when he wasn't with you, where he went home for the night and I wasn't, I wasn't home, quote unquote. Why don't you ask him about that? She got in my face and was like, fuck you, you fucking bitch, and shoved me. And that's the first time anyone's ever, like, been physical with me. So naturally, that made me angrier. And so when I tried to, like, defend myself back, 
Kevin gets in the middle of us and like then her friend who like works at the club is like please don't do this right now and I was just like why don't you fucking tell your friend to not put her fucking hands on me I'm having a conversation and then Kevin like whips his head at me and because we're still living in the same apartment he's like fuck you I'm not gonna pay fucking rent you're gonna pay it on your own and my mom is a co-signer on the apartment, so, like, if he wasn't going to pay his rent, that would affect my mom's credit, who was also trying to buy a house at the time. And I, like, start to panic a little bit. And he was, like, yelling at me, barking at me. She was, like, she would leave, come back, and then we're trying to, like, you know, we're chirping at each other. It was crazy. It was a hot mess. Security ends up getting, like, a whiff of this, and they come over to me. At this point, I'm, like, upset and because I'm like, oh, fuck, now I'm not going to be able to pay rent. And they're like, what's going on? And I was just like, my ex brought his stupid fucking girlfriend here, and he knew that I was going to be here, and I'm just really upset about it. She fucking shoved me, and I couldn't even get, like, a hit in, all this shit. And this guy's like, all right, all right, all right. He goes over to them. They're talking. His girlfriend, Kendra, I'm going to name drop her too, um, you know, she's getting chippy. All of a sudden, she storms off, and then Kevin's still talking to the security. They end up escorting him out. I don't know. They, like, took him by the arm. Two of them escorted him out. Then they come up to me, and these security guards were great. I should really go back to Royale just to see if they still work there because they really uh, took care of me and made sure, like, I was good. And they were black men as well, and they were just like, baby girl you do not need to be pressed over no skinny-ass white motherfucker like that. And I was like, so they say. That's what everyone keeps fucking telling me. And, uh, yeah, I just was upset. That ruined my night. I wanted to... I was very excited to see James. And, you know, it was the first time that I was like, oh, my God, I can do something alone and have a great time. And it just kind of got thwarted and... I definitely was the instigator in that situation, and I think if alcohol had not played a factor, I would not have approached the situation in the way that I did, but I was also really upset that something that him and I shared together that I, you know, asked him if he wanted to do, which, again, looking back at it, obviously that wasn't, like, something that we should have done or could have done, but in my mind... In my naive mind, I thought this was something like we could do as friends or reconnect in a way, whatever. And later on that night, uh, he like was just blowing up my phone and was like, I'm going to hate you to the day that you die. You're a fucking piece of shit. You told me that you wouldn't say all that shit to Kendra, which basically what he wanted me to not say to her was that he's been essentially cheating on her. Um, because whatever you want to define as cheating, whether that be physically hooking up or sending emotional text messages to each other, like that is cheating. It is all cheating is a spectrum. <laughs> it is all a thing. So yeah. Um, and he was like, fuck you, you stupid bitch, whatever guy that you're talking to, let me tell him the truth about you, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, which I think I wasn't even like seeing anyone at that time. I had just like gone on a few dates with a guy that I had matched with who I was like, oh, he's a vibe, like cool, would like to see where that goes. So he like kind of threw that in my face. And uh, 
he ended up having to come back home that night because she broke up with him. And then come to find out, I guess she didn't really hear. And I'm doing air quotes right now. She didn't hear what I said about Kevin and I like sleeping in the same bed and making out. So he was able to like lie his way out of that. And they stayed together, which, wow, that's a skill. That's a really, really wild skill to be able to somehow finesse a lie out of that situation. So, yeah, that was May. And we flash forward to seven months later. And I have to say, I am, although, like, that whole situation, this whole past year of just, like, living with my ex and trying to stomach the fact that he did a lot of fucked up shit, I feel probably the most myself than I've ever felt since before. I even got into, like, relationships with men, which... My first relationship was when I was 16. So 10 years later, I feel like 26 has been somewhat of like a rebirth for me. And I'm not perfect. And I'm not saying that there are times that I I hadn't regressed. But I think as each month went on, I was like, I, I made the right decision for myself. And good things came out of it. And James Kennedy was coming back to Boston, but this time at Memoir, which is in, at Encore, which is in Everett. So my lovely friend, Katya, and my coworker as well, she loves like house EDM music. And I was like, will you come see James Kennedy with me? And she was like, absolutely. And we got tickets and she... It's just, Katya is lovely. Katya is so much fun. We were like, we were also coming off a really crazy work week. And I was like, listen, if you're too tired and don't want to go, like, we don't have to go. And then she was like, no, we're shaking ass. We're going to memoir. I was like, okay, perfect. I, (laughs) I had found out that someone that I used to hook up with, he had reached out to me and was just like, if you find yourself at Encore tonight, let me know. And I was like, wait, are you joking? And he was like, no, I'm going to memoir. And I was just like, I am too. I'm going to see DJ James Kennedy. And he was like, that's a specific name. And I was like, he's from a specific show. This, this man that I like used to hook up with is like the epitome of a fuck boy, but we have a fun banter, I guess. So I was like, okay, that's interesting. Weird. And then naturally, seeing James Kennedy, I'm just like, I really hope that a repeat of May doesn't happen again on December 29th, because that would be the epitome of just like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It would just be the epitome of history repeating itself and me being like, what the fuck? But I wasn't going to ask Kevin if he was going to be there or if he was going to, you know, bring Kendra. I didn't feel like doing that because I don't have to do that. I don't care. You know, like if he I don't know if he thought when he got the tickets like, hmm, I wonder if Courtney's going to be there. I didn't think about that. So whatever. I wasn't going to ask. So we get there. Um 
memoir is kind of like hard to not like hard to get into but encore is beautiful but it was really hard to like navigate how to get into the nightclub itself and then we get there it's a pretty small fucking nightclub and um like it was smaller than royale to be to be quite frank and you know james takes forever to get on i don't even think he got on until like 12 30 and I had work at 8 a.m. the next day. But I told myself I was only going to have, like, we pre-gamed with wine. I had one drink at the bar. And I was just, like, not going to overdo it because I wanted to not be hungover for work the next day. James gets on. It's a vibe. We're dancing. We're kind of packed in. You know, we made some friends. And, yeah, I just I just had a great time. And maybe around like 1 15 I look at Katya and I'm like my my dogs are barking like and I think we should go because it was just kind of getting tiring and she was on the same wavelength as I was and she was like yeah let's go so we're we're navigating we're bobbing and weaving out of the crowd and we're we walk by this couple that's kind of like dancing along like the back wall of memoir by the stairs and I do a double take because I was like hmm and what do you know? It's Kevin and Kendra. But this time, I'm going to have a sip of my coffee. This time, I was like, I'm going to keep walking because, what did they say? Nothing good happens after 1 a.m. And also, I just didn't, I was like, that's not the energy that I'm going to carry with me seven months later and have the same interaction happen. So I keep it moving. As an, as I'm walking up the stairs to leave with Katya, um, Kendra's staring at me, like, dead in the eyes. But she smiles. And she smiles in a way that was cordial. I'm like, I'm not kidding. Like, it was a very, like, kind smile. So I waved. And so she ends up charging up the stairs to get into my face and I was just like, hey, like, what the, like, what the fuck? Like, what's up? And then Kevin's, like, darting up the stairs. He gets in between us. And she's, like, ready to fight me again. And so I'm grabbing Kevin's shoulder. And I was like, let me talk to her. I can talk to her. We're adults. And he's, like, yelling at her, like, please don't start this right now. Like, please, blah, blah, blah. And she's just like... I can't even hear because all, all, like, all of the fucking noise in the background is like, ns, 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 ns. like, it's just insane. It's absolute insanity. And he ends up saying something to her and she is looking at me dead in the eyes. And I'm like grabbing his shoulder. I'm like, bro, I can talk to her. I'm an adult. Like, what is the issue? She ends up storming off and leaving. And then he turns back around. Mind you, my poor friend Katya is just standing here bearing witness to this. And he's he looks at me and he's like, please just don't engage with her. I was like, I didn't fucking do anything. I didn't do anything this time. Like, I literally was minding my own business. I would have been happy to talk to her. And honestly, I know like my close friend's story, I was being kind of chirpy. Like she put her hands on me. So next time I see her, I'll fuck her up. But honestly, I was ready to be like, listen, what happened back in May, my bad. Like, I apologize for approaching you both like that. I was in a space where I felt really betrayed and hurt and I was drunk and I approached you in the wrong way. That's my bad. I was ready to kind of say all of those things. And he looked at me and he was like, I know, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, 
she's just really fucked up right now, but thank you for not engaging with her. I'm like, whatever, bro. And I, and then me and Katya leave because she requested a lift. At this point, I'm kind of like dumbfounded because I'm just like, how did this happen again? How did this happen again seven months later? And I was just really upset because it was just one of those things where I was like having a really good night and then it just got ruined. But this time, not really by my own design, you know, like it was just it was something that I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. So I get a little bit emotional. I tear up and Katya is like comforting me. And then I start getting angry. And mind you, the the guy who had texted me that was like, oh, I'm going to be at Encore. He they both of those men were in the same space, but like separate entities because um, James, who is the bartender who I had hooked up with for a year, he was at the casino, lost $400, didn't want to pay to get into the club. And Kevin and Kendra were, were literally there for the club. So that was just, it was all an overstimulating type of situation that I kind of was hoping wouldn't happen, but then it did happen. And I'm wondering if it's because I like was debriefing it on my close friend's story before I went there. Anyways, I I get a text from Kevin and he was like, thank you for listening to me. And I'm like, what? I'm like, what are you talking about? And he was like, um, what did he say? He said he was like, just for not engaging with Kendra, because you're not the problem. But I just don't want, you know she's drunk and fucked up and it wasn't cool for her to try to fight you again. And I'm really sorry. Like, I just didn't want anyone's night ruined. And I'm like, well, my night kind of did get ruined because again, it's just like, like what? Like what? Like why? Why did this happen again? And then he was like, are you still here? And I was like, no, I left. And he was like, and I was like, why? And he was like, I was just wondering. And I'm going to be I'm, as I'm like debriefing this story, I'm going to be transparent here. There have been, and I think it's important for me to be transparent because I have to be real with myself and I think I have to be real with just the situation and how it's been difficult for me to really cut off all communication with Kevin in a lot of ways. So he plays, <laughs> he plays fantasy football every year since he was like a teenager And I kind of got wind of that for the five years that we were together. And I would, you know, manifest and like help him with his lineup, all of that shit. And so he had texted me that night first. He texted me first at 1245 a.m. We were both at memoir at that time. What I didn't realize was that he was there. I just figured he was at home just texting me late at night to, I don't, I don't fucking know, just I don't, I don't know. He's been hitting me up a lot lately. Um, and he was like, excuse the late night text, but I just want to thank you for, you know, manifesting for my fantasy team because fantasy is based on so much that could happen. And, you know, I appreciate just you spreading the good fantasy mojo. You've always had like a knack for that. And I was like, of course, like I want good things for you. I'm happy that it worked out all of that shit. Again, me not having any knowledge that he's we're in the same space. So can you imagine being in 
the same space with your girlfriend texting your ex to thank them for manifesting good juju for fantasy football. It's all wild. It's all wild. But I know my role in it as well. And I know my strengths and my weaknesses. And my weaknesses are cutting off people that are not good for me or that don't, you know, serve me well. And I think the reason why sometimes I can be hesitant to share that and be open is because I know a lot of the people that are close to me that helped navigate me through this really tough time know that I need to stop doing those things and stop being that nice person to someone who has treated me poorly for a while. And I don't want to disappoint them. I don't want them to be disappointed in me. So if whoever is listening to this is one of those friends and you're disappointed in me, that's okay. I respect it. I understand it. I was a little, I've been disappointed in myself as well, but sometimes things are easier said than done. And you know, it's kind of like a a trial and error. You got to get off the horse and get back on again. And as I'm explaining this story, I'm going to have a brief pause here. I am not going to post this link to my podcast on my public story. And here's why. I've been seeing someone (laughs) and I really like him. And I We've had a conversation, which I'm okay with it. It's fine. Um, But I do hope that eventually it goes somewhere. And if it doesn't, that's okay too, because the world's my oyster. But we've been seeing each other for a few months, and um, it's been great. It's been lovely. And, I mean, he doesn't use Spotify. He's an Apple Music boy. But... He also told me he's not like a big fan of podcasts, which I understand. It's an oversaturated market, but there's not enough black podcasters in the space. So I'm here to break that mold. And I'm okay if this is an episode that doesn't like get a fuck ton of listens. But I wanted to end a year, a year end review. And hopefully I can make more episodes on a consistent basis in 2024. But I'm not airing out all this shit. That. This type of story time is for, like, when we're officially dating, maybe, like, a year into dating, you know? But we've had a conversation that we're both kind of enjoying not being in partnerships, although I'm very down to date him. And I was a little bit disappointed when he was just like, I kind of just still want to be single right now, but I want to continue seeing you and I really want to see where this goes and I'm on that same same wavelength too so I'm cool I'm cool with that I'm still doing my own thing which I'm really proud of you know so I just needed to interrupt that story time for a brief intermission so yeah all that happens then I get home around 2 30 2 33 in the morning I get a dm from Kendra And I was shocked, shocked. Like you, you don't understand the shockness that, that happened. So I'm just going to read these DMs to you and yeah, this is, this is where it gets really fucking wild. So here we go. She DMs me and she goes, you're lucky tonight. The pain that you put Kev through, you should feel 
grateful that he told me not to beat your ass. You lie and cheat your way to feeling like you are the victim in this situation. You are so irrelevant. It's hilarious. And I go, Kendra, do you really want to start with me right now? And she goes, yes, you are delusional. I said, you do realize Kevin texted me tonight, right? She says, stupid bitch. It's embarrassing. Stop being a manipulative person and move on. Your whole personality is being someone else's ex. Is being someone's ex. Good luck, you basic Olivia Rodrigo wannabe bitch. First of all, my whole personality is based on reality TV and pop culture. It's not based on being someone's ex. If it was, I really hope that someone would clock me in the face for it. She also just doesn't know me. She does not know me. Second of all, I love Olivia Rodrigo. So thank you for comparing me to a Grammy award-winning artist who makes some of the best breakup music of all time. Like, thank you. But now my Instagram bio is basic Olivia Rodrigo wannabe bitch because we live a little rebrand, you know? A little, I, I'm a troll. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a troll, but I, I don't care. At the same time that this is happening, I have to say, I screenshotted this and I sent it to Kevin and I was just like, you need to come collect your girl before I blow up both of your fucking spots. Because again, I left this situation. I didn't say anything. I didn't do anything to anyone like, do, do not poke the bear. I am someone that's like, if you poke me, we will go toes. And I will say shit that I don't want to say. But I will pull out receipts. So, as she's messaging me, Kevin is also messaging me. But I'm just going to finish this thread with Kendra. So after she calls me a basic Olivia Rodrigo wannabe bitch. I said, you don't know me, Kendra, just like I don't know you. I actually wanted to talk to you tonight to apologize. You can ask Kevin if you want. She goes, LOL, okay. I say, I don't have a problem with you. And if you're going to keep berating me and calling me out of my name, I will make you regret it. We're grown. Last time I saw you, I was drunk and upset and in the wrong. And I was hurt for a multitude of reasons. And I approached you both out of rage. And yeah, when I saw you both, I was going to apologize to you for it tonight. But, you know, me fighting with you, that was seven months ago. Why are you angry like this is still a thing? She says, because you keep making it a thing and manipulate his emotions. Leave it alone. And I said, how? We don't really talk, which we don't. Like, we don't have conversations about our relationship anymore. We don't because the relationship is over. And I made peace with that. And it was really hard for me to get to a place to make peace with that. No one fucking understands how difficult it was for me to really do that. I I like I cannot put it into words. So, I said that in all caps. I was like, "What the fuck?" And then she says, this is where she kind of changes her tune and I'm like, "What? Like, wow. Okay." She goes, I understand it was difficult and I can only imagine how challenging it was for you both. Trust I have empathy and compassion for you. And I said, Kendra, you don't even know the half of it. Respectfully, you don't know what went down. And out of respect for Kevin and your relationship, I think that you should talk to him about it. Then she flips back and goes, again, you love to manipulate the situation. If you were real and about it, you would just say whatever it is you want to say. And I said, I'm not saying what I want to say because I'm protecting someone I care about. 
And she says, you are clearly trying to bait me. It's embarrassing. Just be real or disappear. I said, Kendra, I swear on every valuable person in my life. I'm being so for real right now. I have nothing to gain by baiting you. She says, okay, cool. I go, I'm not perfect. Have I made mistakes? Yes. Have I acted out of rage? Fucking obviously. I hurt you, and for that, I'm sorry. I hurt Kevin deeply, just like he hurt me deeply, and he already knows my sentiments on that. I'm not a liar, and I'm too self-aware, and have gone through too much fucking trauma to manipulate people. So please don't attack my character, because you don't know me at all. And she says, yikes, try not make... (laughs) She was drunk. Try not to make being hung up on your ex a whole character trait. And I was like it's okay that you're insecure. And then this is where I'm like, okay, I'm going to end this and I'm going to send receipts because this is fucking ridiculous. She goes, he moved on after you broke up with, she typed B, but I think she meant to say him and had a threesome. What did you expect? And I said, that's what he told you? Interesting. I'm going to send you every screenshot of our conversation since you guys have been together. You want to go there? And she goes, it sucks it didn't work. It didn't work out. I'm sorry you couldn't appreciate what you had. It was clearly, it clearly wasn't meant for you. I hope you find someone who can match your energy. And let me just get into the whole threesome thing. Kevin and I broke up in August of 2022. I started hooking up with James probably like like a little around that time and I didn't have a threesome until September of 2022 so we were not together we were not together we were living together but I didn't have the threesome in our fucking apartment what the fuck second of all I told Kevin about this threesome six months ago I didn't tell him about it when I had it are you fucking kidding me that was not the reason we broke up. We broke up because I was unhappy. We were not happy. And we became roommates. There was, it just, I felt like I was a parent to my partner. There was nothing. It was just not working out. So for him to weaponize a threesome that I had and to use it as a woe is me thing, which by the way, the only reason why I think he brought this up to her is because He and I always talked about having a threesome together, which I was down to do, but then he cheated on me. So excuse me for not wanting to have a threesome with my partner who already outsourced sex outside of my relationship without me even knowing about it. I had to find out about it through his fucking iPad and he was never going to tell me about it. So no, I wasn't comfortable with the idea of having a threesome with someone who cheated on me. Like, no, 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 no. So Then I start sending receipts. I sent her receipts from basically January up until fucking now. Um, And by that, I mean a conversation that we were having the night that uh, at Encore, because he was saying, like, I'm ready to end it with her because of this. Um, Just like saying, agreeing with me, like saying that she's a toxic person, all of this shit. But valentine's day i sent her pictures that i spent christmas with this family last year because they were kind of seeing each other not kind of they were seeing each other i found a love letter that she wrote him on christmas eve which was the day that we took the train to connecticut 
I sent uh, fucking just like shit in March where he was like, okay, baby, I love you. I really appreciate how kind you're being to me when you could ruin me right now and blow up my spot. I sent her everything. So the first screenshot, she goes, keep going. And I'm like giving her the timestamps. And then she goes, I'm enjoying this. It's embarrassing, but I'll hear you out, even though I just spent Christmas with this family. I mean, you could have spent Christmas with them last year, but you didn't even know I was in the picture. Weird. Kept sending shit. Then I was like, trust me, I found the little corny ass love letter you wrote to him on Christmas Eve when we took a train to Connecticut. Sent her our five years anniversary celebration. Then she goes, keep going, Courtney. I'm just waiting for you to tell me something I don't know. It's cute how much you care. And she didn't know because Kevin begged me to not say anything to her. So I highly doubt that he disclosed every single detail because if he did, she would not be with him. And he told me that many a time. But yeah, she was like, it's cute how much you care. And I was like, where do you think he was Valentine's Day while you were at work? And then she said, I wish you put this much energy into things that matter. You look really desperate. And I said, do I? Or are you realizing that he cheated on you too? Why do you think I approached you both at Royale? You really believed we slept in separate beds because that's what he told you. That's cute. And I know you're arguing with him right now, feeling stupid. And then she goes, I know that's what you wish is for me to be miserable. I'm sending her more receipts. And then she goes, but I truly wish you happiness. And then I was like, this is a conversation I had with him just now after you had him block me because you're insecure. Because, flash forward, spoiler alert, Kevin has blocked me now because I exposed the truth. And then she said, so that way you can move on. And I'm getting chippy at this point because I'm angry. And I was like, either you tell him to answer my messages or I can drive to your apartment. Up to you. And then she goes, fuck you. I send her a few more receipts. Give. I basically sent everything that I had screenshotted because I knew at some point these receipts would matter. And I said, you asked for it and I told you I had proof. And I kind of ended it here after sending these two fucking paragraphs. I said, you both can be mad at me and block me. I don't give a fuck. You're mad at each other. I'll be the villain to make it easier. I broke up with Kevin because I was unhappy. We were not happy. We turned into roommates. The threesome he wanted to use as an excuse to villainize me, I told him about that five months ago. I was single. I kept his secrets for months because contrary to what you think, I loved him deeply. You can reread my DM back in March. I was honest with you. He never was. I didn't say shit because he asked me not to so he could be with you. The timestamps of screenshots should prove that. He looked me dead in the eye and told me you were out of the picture and that he ended things with you. You would struggle to move on if your partner of five years lied about dating someone else. Your well wishes are disingenuous because frankly, you're toxic. And Kevin agrees in case you didn't read that screenshot. You ruined your own relationship tonight by trying to fight with me. Truth is, I did move on. It took a while, but I did. You're trying to prove that your relationship with him is endgame. But why to me? Why am I still a factor? You provoked me tonight when I wanted to apologize. You both deserve each other, and I'm sure you'll get through this. But ask to read his text and go through his phone. You'll get the truth. I'm done protecting him, but also you don't care. You would rather be delusional, and honestly, I get it. Either way, I hope you got what you wanted, Kendra. Clearly, it's meant for you. I hope you appreciate it. I wish you happiness and I have empathy for you. You found someone who has matched your energy. Try not to make threatening your boyfriend's ex a character trait. Yikes. Good night. I hope you enjoy the paranoia of questioning everything he says. And you can tell him I'll drop the rest of his shit off at your doorstep sometime soon. I still have a good amount of shit from like when we moved out. And I need to get rid of it. 
And uh, yeah, that ended that. But the conversation that Kevin was texting me at the same time that, mind you, I think they're together in the car and Uber, like, leaving, like, leaving the fucking club, arguing, both messaging me about this. So after I screenshotted him, I, of, like, her messaging me, I was like, she's threatening me. I'm done. I'm gonna make her pay. And then he goes, Courtney, I'm ready to end it with her because of this. Courtney, please, just let me deal with her. Ignore her. Courtney, please, this is the last thing I want. She's telling me I'm delusional and that I'm a stupid bitch, is what I said. And he goes, please block her. Please, I'm telling you that it's the right move. I'm just leveling with you. It is the right thing for you. And I said, you know, she fucked with the wrong one. And he said, I know, I'm pleading with you to listen to me. No one listens to me. And I was like, tell her to stop fucking messaging me. And he was like, I'm trying. Please believe me. Please believe me when I tell you nothing is good from this. You are not the problem. But I need you to not feed her being the issue. And I was shaking at this point. Like, when I get angry, it's just like a whole visceral thing. And I go... Because when she had said something to me about me manipulating his emotions, I was like, you got to be so fucking for real, dude. I was like, so apparently I manipulate your emotions? And he goes, I don't know what else to say. I'm telling you that it's not going to go well. Please don't respond to her. Block her. And I said, she's calling me a liar and it's really pissing me off because I didn't lie about anything. And you know that. I have fucking receipts of everything that would make her shut the fuck up. But I'm not doing that because I care about you. I'm protecting you and I don't have to, Kev. But you are important to me and she's your partner. So I'm really fighting every fiber of my being to not say anything. But I really don't fucking appreciate the fact that I'm being called manipulative and a liar when you could clear my name. And so after she said or after she mentioned the threesome, that, like, triggered the fuck out of me, and I was like, I'm, I'm going off, I'm going off, so I said, I'm ending your relationship for you, sorry in advance, after I sent all the screenshots, he goes, I hope you're happy, and then he blocked me, and I was like, I didn't realize he blocked me at that point, but I was like, there's no way his phone died, whatever, And I was like, she fucking started it. I'm fucking defending myself because you won't defend me. And I was like, all right, I guess you blocked me. I guess we're never speaking again. I really did love you, but, you know, you need help. So, yeah, we're not speaking anymore. I'm blocked. I am blocked with a capital B. And to be honest, I was really upset because I feel like I kept this to myself for so long and I finally defended myself after my character is being smeared because I'm like this is what you're saying about me behind closed doors okay whatever um but I think it hurt more because that's not the person that I knew that would do that and I think they're if I'm being honest with myself not talking again Although I think it's at this point, like, needs to happen and has happened. It's just, like, not where I ever... It's not what I pictured. I did not picture this happening ever. So it was a rude... Somewhat rude awakening for me. I was really upset about it. And I still kind of am upset about it because I didn't do anything wrong I was honest and me being honest 
is somehow my fault and I got blocked for it. But onwards and upwards, I suppose. And long story short in a nutshell... I can't see G.J. James Kennedy in Boston anymore. (laughs) I just can't. Like, what the fuck? I'll go anywhere else, but I'm not going... I'm not going to do it in Boston anymore. I can't. I can't. Like, it's, it's just absolutely ridiculous. I need to have another sip of my coffee. Anyways. That was how the end of my year ended. And I, again, I think what I've learned in this situation or just in breakups in general, I need to make firm boundaries and cut off things. And by cut off things, I mean, I don't, I don't, I didn't gain anything positive out of talking to Kevin post breakup at all. It was always just pure bullshit and agony and gaslighting and manipulation and this hamster wheel of just lies. I didn't sleep. I didn't eat. I lost so much weight. I was honestly suicidal and he just kept feeding into that. And that still wasn't enough for me to cut him off in the way that I should out of respect for myself and my well-being. And although I am bummed that all of this had to happen in the way that it did, I think it's just the universe being like, listen, girl, you need to sever that tie, burn the house down. And I burnt the house to a crisp I burnt it call me an arsonist there's not even an ash left so yeah I think if I when I was talking to my mom about it she was like why did you why did you engage with her like why did you feel the need to engage with her and on a high level view but also kind of assessing my own emotions I feel A lot of my life, especially during my childhood, I witnessed a lot of things where the people that I loved, I couldn't defend them when they were being attacked, excuse me, and backed into a corner. And I would kind of just bear witness to it. And then the older that I got, and once I started getting into relationships, I found myself in the same positions where I couldn't defend myself, even if I wanted to, because if I did then that would mean I was at risk of losing the relationship. Therefore, I would mold, adapt, mold, adapt, and do what, anything that I needed to do to salvage and keep my relationship because I didn't want to be alone. And now that I'm older, I feel like I will defend myself and engage with people until I'm blue in the face. And it's not the healthiest thing for me. I think you have to pick and choose your battles with certain people. But I felt like in that moment, if I don't defend myself, if I don't clear my name, if I do not 
I don't know, like speak my truth, prove that I'm not a liar, prove that I'm not manipulative, that I'm not doing all of these things that I'm being accused of, then I'll be vindicated. And in some ways I do feel that way. I'm like, you know, and also you asked for it. Like you poked me, you poked me and prodded me. So yeah, I felt like I had to defend myself in the grand scheme of things. I didn't need to engage. I could have just blocked her. It's not something I needed that energy, that argument, that drama, but I did what I did. And in some ways I'm grateful that I did because it allowed the tie to be severed. So yeah, that is the end of my 2023. And, um, it was, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to LA in January and I'm flying out the day that season 11 of Vanderpump Rules premieres, which is on a Tuesday. Therefore, James DJs at Sir, uh, like on Tuesdays and it's called See You Next Tuesday. That's like the big thing in the show. I will try again there because there is no way that they will fly out to LA to go see James. No way. No fucking way. I almost want to tell James these stories. Like, listen, bro, I've tried to have a good time to watch you DJ and this is what happened. Maybe I'll get reparations or something. But 2023, what a fucking year. What a fucking year that it was. I I cried. I laughed. I achieved the impossible. I learned to love myself again and I hope that 2024 is the year where I can really have a full reset and change my life in unimaginable ways and I think I can and I don't know what that will look like ultimately but I'm excited to see what could happen and I just want to thank everyone Because another positive thing that came out of 2023 is that I launched a podcast. I did a lot of dope shit when I got out of my relationship. I did a lot of the shit that I said that I was going to do. And although I haven't released this podcast on consistent basis, basis, whatever, I don't know. On a consistent basis, I don't think there's a plural. I did something that I wanted to do and I put time into it and 2024 I want to continue to do that again on a more consistent basis and I want to hold myself accountable in doing so so I wanted to end this on a note as thank you to everyone who's listened who really just told me that they loved it told me that they liked the sound of my voice has just engaged with any content about it I really do appreciate it it kind of makes me feel like I could do this shit I could be just as good as Alex Cooper you know I could be I could be someone and I am someone and I will be someone and you'll see me at the Met Gala one day even if I'm holding someone's fucking train you know you'll see me you'll see me and I hope that whether 2023 was positive or shitty for you I hope that you find your silver linings in all of it and that 2024 is the year that your dreams come true because I think 2024 might be the year that my dreams come true. And on that note, 
I'm a little sick and I am in my car recording because I know I wasn't going to be able to do this uninterrupted because Ahsoka would just attack me, but I'm going to go inside and I'm going to drink my coffee and I think I'm going to watch Saltburn for a second time. And it's been a lovely, beautifully tragic year and I can't wait to do it all again next year. See you later, motherfuckers. I'll talk to you next year in 2024.